Hey there, Bria here, and I'm so happy you are here with me for this episode of the Period Whisperer podcast. One of the most common complaints I hear about perimenopause and menopause is unexplained and unwanted weight gain around our midsections. And this was a big indicator and issue for me too. So if you are struggling with this as well or want to avoid struggling with this, then you're in the right place, sister. On this episode, I'm going to share some insight as to why this is happening, why traditional workout and calorie deficit methods aren't working and five steps to help you reverse and prevent this from happening. Before we dive in, I want to share this week's review of the week from Baby Samueli, who says, Bria provides the reasoning behind all of the things involved in perimenopause in understandable terms. She provides scientific background coupled with everyday examples of why we feel the way we feel. Definitely worth a listen. Thank you so much, sister. Okay, let's do this. What's up, sisters? Welcome to the Period Whisperer podcast. I'm Bria. I'm your host. If you're new, I'm so happy you are here. I'm your perimenopause and menopause sister, your holistic trainer, hormone specialist, translator of your female body. I'm a recovering people pleaser and hustle addict turned body whisperer and hormone decoder. And I am here to help you de-stress your body, decode what it is saying, become the CEO of it, and own your own health, energy, and weight loss again. This show is for you, the overwhelmed, overworked, underappreciated step woman who dreams of a body they feel strong, energetic, and sane in. The woman who knows that she shouldn't just wave the white aging flag and believes in a body and life of peace, love, and purpose. But you don't just know how to get there yet. So if you are stuck in your body, your energy, your life, you are in the right spot. Let's lean in and learn what our bodies are saying to us. Hey there, how are you feeling in your body today? How did you sleep last night? Are you having cravings? Are you feeling energized? Are you feeling depleted? That simple check-in I think is so powerful. Again, we really wanna shift our minds from being these evil dictators to our body to being in a relationship with our body, right? Where we actually communicate back and forth. And this is super relevant to our topic today because, you know, after 10 years in the health and wellness industry, as, as an instructor, as a trainer, as a coach, um, as a nutritionist, as a, a hormone specialist, you know, I was nailing my at-home workouts that were 30 to 45 minutes in length, six days a week, without fail, whether I was on vacation, um, whether I was at someone else's house, no matter where I was, whether I only had outside to work out, I was making it happen. And yet, I started noticing that, you know, that ring around the tum-tum, as my very best friend calls it, began to grow, you know, this this belly fat began to, to grow. And although I know that that's not what life is all about, it's really frustrating when you feel like you're putting in this effort and things are going backwards. Um, I felt it in my clothes. I saw it in my pictures. And, you know, I had this insatiable craving for sugar every afternoon and evening. So what did I do? I did what I'd always been told to do, what I had learned, what I'd been taught to do, what had always worked. I pushed harder in my workouts. I doubled down on my pre-workout drink to push through. And I could not understand why both my cravings and my belly fat 
continued to grow. And on top of this, I would hear again and again from my clients, Bria, how do I target belly fat? And and as the coach and as the instructor and as the trainer, I started getting really disheartened because how, if I couldn't figure it out for myself, how could I teach someone else? How could I help anyone else? And that was when, you know, that was one of the key indicators for me that had me dive deep into this research of what is happening in the female body and um, why does this keep happening? I just didn't want to believe that as we move into menopause, we just have to wave this white flag and be like, I guess I'm just going to have more belly fat. There's proof of people out in the world that weren't dealing with that and I wanted to understand why. And the first step I can share with you um, is really understanding first what is happening and what is up with that belly fat. Because when we know what's going on, it becomes a lot simpler to shift our mind from doing more to get what we want to actually doing less. So listen up, sisters. Let me walk you through a little bit about what is happening in your body and what is up with that growing belly fat. Um, I think first and foremost, we need to understand that, uh, that there is this element of estrogen storage in our body. So every month, all month long, especially still during perimenopause, but you know, our entire reproductive years, we have this in our infradian rhythm, this flow of estrogen that comes to us, right? And as I've mentioned in before episodes, estrogen and progesterone are, are two key sex hormones. There are obviously others, but to keep this really simple, they're symbiotic. So too much of one means not enough of the other. And um, when the estrogen is coming at us, our liver's role is to really help metabolize that estrogen, right? Turn it from being uh, water soluble or fat soluble to water soluble so we can eliminate it out. Um, so our, our liver gets really overwhelmed by all the stress happening in the world. And it's trying in, in the world, I say in our bodies, really. And it's trying to metabolize this estrogen, but it cannot do this um, because we, it, it is too busy. Our liver, in essence, is like, it's kind of like us. You know, when you're standing in your kitchen and your children are both asking for things and your dog's staring at you for a walk and your partner comes in and is like, where are the batteries? And you want your head wants to explode. It is overworked and overwhelmed with all of the other jobs that it has. Uh, so what it does is that it stores the estrogen somewhere for safekeeping because the estrogen can't just run rampant in our bodies, right? It can't just run anywhere. And so it stores it in fat for safekeeping because it's fat soluble. And of course, it stores it in the closest place, right? That, that's efficient because our bodies try to be very efficient. And it stores it in sort of that, that belly fat area. And it really comes down to being aggravated by our stress response. When we are in stress mode and our body is preparing for fight or flight, um, so anytime we have an elevation of cortisol in our body, which remember is naturally happening when we're in perimenopause and then add that to all the other things going on in our life, remember that even though our brains have evolved, our bodies have not. They still metabolize, reproduce, digest, and respond the same way that they always have. But metabolism is suppressed during this fight or flight mode and fat storage is amped up to prepare for the energy needed for the fight or flight 
flight, which of course is never coming because our life is just constantly stressed. So that's one of the biggest reasons this belly fat starts to grow is that we have a constant supply of estrogen, which we want and which we like coming at us, but our liver cannot do its job because it is so overwhelmed by the stress. And then on top of that, the stress is causing our metabolism to be suppressed and our fat storage to amp up. Ultimately, stress is the catalyst for this unwanted weight gain. But what's important to understand is that when we think of stress, we think of the things that stress us out in life, like work overwhelm or family drama. And yes, it's true that we are in the most stressful era of our lives, sandwiched between aging parents, peaking careers, and raising young children. Um, and although we, we can make lifestyle changes to help with this, there really isn't a lot anyone can do for us about these key stresses, right? This is just a part of this era of our life. But what we don't always recognize are the myriad of stresses that we can control. And that's our opportunity here, right? Because like I said, I would argue that our era of women in perimenopause and menopause right now are in are the most stressed out of all the eras. And I'm not trying to make it a competition. I just think we all recognize that for everyone, this is a busy time in life, as I mentioned, because of children and careers and parents. But on top of that, you know, we have blue light coming at us, stressing out. We have more toxins in our foods more than ever and in our environment, and in our air. We have a constant supply of social media telling us why we're not good enough, what we need to do to be better, which is very toxic as well for our brain. So we are arguably the most stressed out than ever because never before has there been a generation of women where we are constantly being marketed to at every single eye-opening device that we pick up. So what do we do about this? Like, what are these things that we can handle and we can deal with? And, and ultimately, prioritizing quality sleep, fun and joy and hobbies, working out, of course, in line with our hormone rhythm, right, and healing our gut so we don't aggravate that stress in our body is, is enough to give our body the space to begin to heal itself. It can handle a significant amount of stress and still function and do well. We can be high performers. You know, we can go through the tough aspects of life, but we want to really make sure we're leaning on these key pillars of health in order for us to have a strong foundation to handle the stress. And of course, when we have a strong foundation to handle the stress, the body is able to metabolize it, move through it, and get back to its tasks and jobs at hand, like metabolizing that estrogen so that it is not continuously stored as fat. And, and I feel like the kicker here that is so important to realize is that it's, it's a tough cycle, right? We don't feel well, so we're stressed about not feeling well, and that can keep us up at night. But we need ourselves to sleep in order to reduce the stress, to reduce the weight gain. So it can feel like an overwhelming cycle. But by prioritizing these health pillars and and these next five tips I'm going to share with you, this is how we begin to slow our stress response. And that, my sisters, is how we get back to feeling like ourselves, feeling energized, and losing weight again, or, or rather what I like to call releasing the weight. So I have five high-impact tips for you to begin to implement right away that will begin to lower the stress in your body. Are you ready for them? 
Number one, I want you to cut out or cut back on caffeine and eat it or drink it when you are eating food. Don't eat your caffeine. Let's let's drink our caffeine still. <laughs> let's do it with our food. This is really important because the moment we put caffeine in our body, and for a lot of us, we don't handle it at well at all, but the moment we put caffeine in our body, it does elevate a stress response, right? It is a stress-inducing uh, toxin. So I'm not one to ever say never have anything, like not one thing. I feel like the moment you tell me I can never have anything, I immediately want it. I really do enjoy a coffee every single day, but keeping your coffee to one a day or your caffeine, whatever way you like that, one time a day and making sure it is consumed with food or after food will really dilute that spike in your cortisol in your body. So we're keeping that cortisol spike a little bit lower for you. So yes, you can enjoy your java, but make sure you do it just once a day and do it with your breakfast or after your breakfast. Number two, we want to cut back on screens and social media before bed. I'm sure you've heard this a thousand times. Obviously, the blue light bothers us. And, you know, it bothers us all very differently because we're bio-individual. Some people actually really struggle to fall asleep. I seem to have no issue falling asleep with a screen in front of my face, but it does impact the quality of sleep that I am getting. Even if I feel like it doesn't, it absolutely does. So really cutting that back and having a a solid sort of bedtime routine. Really consider opting for reading before bed. It is not a lost art. Like, don't feel like you always have to be taking in personal development. Pick up a really good fiction novel and settle into your bed at night and read. I promise you nine times out of 10, it's gonna make you sleepy and you're gonna drift off. Or another really great option is yoga nidra. Yoga nidra is a type of meditation, a guided meditation that mimics the restfulness of sleep. So if you're awake in the night, or you're struggling to fall asleep at night, it is an amazing way, and there's plenty of free resources in apps or on YouTube that you can listen to Yoga Nidra that'll help you wind down and settle in so that you're not staring at a screen and impacting your, your melatonin levels and your sleep cycle. All right, number three, we want to breathe before we eat. This is a fascinating thing for me. There have been studies that show the state our mind or a stress our mind is in when we eat impacts whether our calories are and our, our nutrients are utilized, like assimilated and utilized into energy or stored as fat. I mean, isn't that mind blowing? Like literally, whether it's cake or salad, if you are stressed out when you eat it, it is going to be significantly it's going to significantly impact a fat storage and a fat storage indicator because of that stress response. Whereas if you take a deep breath, calm that nervous system and eat slowly and enjoy, enjoy, not and enjoy, but enjoy, then you can actually slow down your stress response and move yourself out of fat burning and in or out of fat storing and into fat burning. Wow, I'm just winning it today with my language. All right, so so slow down and breathe before you eat. Number four, 
consider taking a magnesium supplement. Uh, magnesium deficiency is one of the most common health issues uh, and one of the most prominent causes of sleep disturbance. So you need to consciously supplement and sustain it. Of course, make sure you check with your healthcare provider about the right one for you, but it is a very valuable way to help you wind down at night and sleep better throughout the night as well. And number five, orgasms. Yes, orgasms. Orgasms are known to help calm our body, give us a beautiful hit of dopamine, release us from any stress that we're going in. So listen, take care of that business yourself. Make sure that you are enjoying yourself, your partner, whatever it is that you need in order to release the stress and relax yourself into a beautiful night of sleep. This is how we begin to slow our stress response. Sleep is one of the two ways that we are able to lower the cortisol actively in our bodies. And the other one, of course, is joy, which I'll just tell you, the orgasms hit as well. But get out there, enjoy your friends, enjoy your hobbies, and really focus on protecting your sleep. All right. If you're looking for more clear direction on this, I want to invite you to learn more about my next gut and hormone health protocol uh, that makes things super simple for you to follow away, to feel better, sleep better, get better skin, release weight. Um, that is, uh, I think, the most surprising response I'm hearing from, from the women going through the gut and health protocol that they didn't realize. They hoped for weight loss, they hoped for better energy, and they got that, but they didn't realize how much better their skin would look. They didn't realize how much better they would sleep. And all of that plays into this weight loss around the tummy specifically. So make sure that you go to um, to Linktree, the Period Whisperer, or and I will put that in the show notes for you, or make sure that you hit me up personally. And just remember that your body has the answers. Turn in, listen, and begin to create a relationship with your body that you can trust. All right. Make sure if you if you love this episode, if there was something in there that resonated with you, that you share it or share a post or story on social media and tag me in it so I can see where you're at. Uh, I would love to hear from you. And if there's any specific topic you want to talk about, don't forget to reach out. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you so much for joining me on the Period Whisperer podcast. I want to encourage you to reach out to me directly and message me if there are topics or things you're struggling with so we can address those right where you are at. And of course, if you loved this episode, if you learned something, make sure to share it with your friends and please rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts.